Welcome to the Merge Boot Podcast. It seems today that all you see is Survivor on Paramount Plus and podcasts on your phone. But you better be ready. I'm Joel Edmiston. I'm Cody Crane. We want to talk about Survivor. Yeah. Hello, and it's time to upset the apple cat. I'm Joel Edmiston. We're, we are starting um, uh, this episode over Zoom in the morning after um, a explosive episode of Survivor, season 45, episode 11. Cody, how's it going? Episode 11 is when the game begun. Yes. <laughs> and only now. Why don't you introduce our guests for everyone today? Yes, we have a first-time guest of the podcast, uh, Tin Dune. Yes, uh, so Tinaya is the full name, uh, Tin or Tin Man. Uh, he's like a gamer tag that I like to use, so Tin is also you know another way to refer to me. I figure it'll be easier for everybody. And yeah, I guess now that Bruce is gone, that the game can really start. <laughs> <laughs> and well... Uh, you, I guess I guess we'll discuss if the games have really begun or not, or, or uh, what uh, what happened tonight is uh, I guess a, a and a predictions for next week, obviously. But like, uh, um, uh, but Tim, before we get going, I, I want to ask you uh, since since you're a first time guest of the podcast, what's your Survivor history? What kind of what kind of a fan are you? Are you a new fan, old fan? Uh, and then we'll get into how you're feeling about this season. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for the opportunity to give a bit more, a bit of an introduction. So I would say that I'm an old fan, really started watching with Survivor Africa in uh, season three and uh, kind of had a little bit of the Survivor family going on, mainly just watching with my mom uh, in the beginning and uh, have been pretty dedicated ever since, uh, eventually went back to watch the first and second season, uh, seeing where it all started, you know, uh, Richard Hatch and Tina and all of that. Um, have watched pretty much uh, every episode and uh, have been keeping up all the way up until this uh, new era it definitely does feel you know different this new era compared to the first uh, 40 seasons but there's still elements of survivor within it that i still think are worthwhile even though i did a bit of like research on uh, this podcast i know that uh, there's some uh, different opinions about the new era you know here for some of you people uh compared to the first 40 seasons and i i kind of agree i do think that there's a lot that's been you know, with uh, the shorter time frame and uh, having a final four fire, making all of the different twists that have come in. But I'm still glad that we are still getting Survivor at the end of the day. What's your uh, personal favorite season? Ooh, uh, one that I really did like uh, would be Cook Island uh, back okay. in uh, season 13. I just thought it was really cool for, uh, especially when that mutiny happened and uh, Jonathan mm-hmm. Penner and Candace went to the other side. And then uh, you have uh, Yule, Ozzy, and them uh, just clearing through dominating the rest of the season uh also really liked second chance uh, as well i just think that that theme uh not every day someone gets a second chance and to be able to use that i think jeremy collins uh, really did a lot of adapting to win as well so i really like that too nice and mm-hmm. um uh i should we expect would you like for the tin man to be on survivor I would like to. Yes. Uh, you know, I've uh, had some off screen conversations uh, with you about it, Joel. Uh, a lot of it just has to do with me kind of getting a little bit of my life in order uh, to and which I am going to be 
getting into like better positions next year to be able to just have more, some more free time. Uh, with that, I do want to, you know, try to get that fitness regimen. in. I think that going on survivor being in like the best shape, uh, that you can be in is very important. So, uh, there's a lot of that. And I also think that I'm probably at a sweet spot, uh, just where I'm at, like with my age and all of that to go, I don't want to go too young, too old either. So yeah, you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Give it another year. <laughs> and how are you feeling about this season? Well, uh, this season, I do think that it is uh, decently uh, interesting. Uh, I know that, and I do agree with the sentiment that the quality of the gameplay could be better <laughs> from a lot of the uh, the different players. Uh, I mean, like the Bruce Katura dynamics and their back and forth, you know, I... Uh, I would like to have seen them get over that and work together, but there was a, there was a moment last episode, Emily's like, Bruce and Katura just don't know how to work together. And I think mm-hmm. that that's really to their detriment. Um, and then seeing the re before, I do think that that is pretty interesting to see how they've uh, progressed and uh, managed to stick together. Although now, uh, especially with there being fire, final four fire making, it looks like now's like really the time to start to pick people for the end. So I think that we are going to be in for an interesting end game, even though a lot of it was kind of like get Bruce out. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that uh, we're set up for an interesting uh, finale and a uh, not so interesting road up to there as far as gameplay goes. But I know that I, I did get some messages this week, Joel, that it's just become more clear with how, um, what you and I like about Survivor is different. And this episode has, or this season has caused the divide more than anything, I guess. Who, what message did you get? Who said that? Um, I got it from our logo designer, Nick. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think uh, going into this episode, uh, Cody, you were saying last week, I mean, you, you, I think, I think the big thing this, this, this week is, I mean, this season, I think you had, there, there are clear favorites in the editors as well. And there's clear favorites on Twitter and stuff like that. And Cody, I, I do think that you were lining up with them. You were heartbroken when all these people left, uh, like Twitter was heartbroken and blah, blah, blah for I me play with my heart. You play with your heart. For me, I'm looking for an entertaining show, and I literally just... I thought last time's episode was amazing. Obviously, it was... And it was interesting until the final uh, thing. I mean, obviously, we were all rooting for Emily. I don't know if you were rooting for Emily, but uh, I... uh, I realized this was going to be a controversial thing, Emily leaving. And then I just kind of kept thinking about it. And I'm like, still love the episode. Still really excited for next Mm. week. No. Yeah. This was okay. Um, I mean, am I excited for next week without Emily? Who am I rooting for at this point? I don't know. But what I did like about this episode um, was, and actually it kind of pissed me off a little bit too, because uh, like you said, uh, uh, Tin Man, with uh, Katura and Bruce, um, and that wrapping up all of like their games, basically, that rivalry, well, we got a story from Katura that 
she's so fucking interesting and it pissed me off that her whole story has been bruised because I'm like, wait, what the fuck happened to you? This is amazing. <laughs> like the whole uh, Katura and Bruce dynamic really eclipsed uh, a lot of uh, what Katura had to bring to the table, according to the editors. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and she was in a cult. We got it, that. It was one of the more interesting, one of these uh, uh, flashback segments of the new, new era flashback segments we've had, if not, the most interesting by a country mile. I, I think that the season masked why uh, Katura was like the perfect person for this show until this episode. And more than just that story. But I, I thought that she popped all the way around when she was doing like the gameplay and like bouncing around and everything like that, too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, like we we have something here. Yeah, I think I, 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 I mean, I'm not pushing back on that. Yes, Katora's biggest story this season was the Bruce stuff, but it's not like she wasn't a main character. She was, she wasn't invisible. Um, she wasn't invisible, but it, we got to I, we got to know like her kind of personality. I think we got the, to know that she hated Bruce. We got to know no, like what her, her personality is. Bruce, Bruce was a way of us seeing what like her tenacity and and her like her vibrance that way and like we saw her like bouncing between alliances and stuff yes i agree that we could have seen a bit more content that way but i think the the way in with the bruce rivalry was a way to get to know her and then having her in final seven tell this story last week tell the story about her mom we're, we're we're starting to peel back layers obviously yes I think I think Katori is going to survive till the final three, so um, I think we'll just get to know her more. And now that Bruce is gone, we can get to know her even more. But I'm not I I don't have like I guess I I don't have as big of an issue with the story being Bruce for so long because that's just because we have all this time with her on the in the end game. Tina, it looks like you're about to say something. Yeah, I mean, there's also uh, it sounds like. That's uh, also strategic or uh, something that she was holding back on her part. Like she didn't really reveal this. And she was saying that now is the time that she wants to reveal some of this information as well. So I also think that there's some of it that does come from her that like, what was she really giving potentially that even gave her the opportunity to have more of a story? So I do like agree with Cody and that I do think that it's kind of shallow or one dimensional to only be kind of focusing on the Bruce uh, element of uh, her um, uh, of her story. But then, yeah, now we're now we're starting to see her open up some more. And maybe that letter that she got from the previous uh, round is what mm-hmm. started to trigger some of that. And then Bruce going also then helped out uh, with giving her more space to have more to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, today there was a there's there's kind of a funny callback to uh, something that happened in the very first episode where Katura was um, uh, like uh, playing Jake into talking more about being a lawyer because that was making him a threat. Meanwhile, she herself is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And there's a very funny moment where Jake is talking to Julie and Kat, the two people who are lying about being lawyers, about what it's like to be a lawyer and how they should be, how, how they should, think they should become lawyers 
Well, that they remind him of other lawyers and stuff like yeah. that, that. They would be good at it, which is also sweet. Like that's a really sweet moment too. Yeah, that's cute. And and I mean, and I thought Katura was about to um, uh, uh, launch into telling them about how she's a lawyer, like being like, you know what? I've lied this whole time. I actually am a lawyer. But then she told this story, so I was like. I, I I held my breath for a second. I'm like, not sure you telling them a, a, you're a lawyer is, a, is the right play right now. But then she is Julie a lawyer too. Is that true? Julie's also a lawyer. Julie became a lawyer later in life. She yeah. also said in the first episode that she was going to lie about being a lawyer. Oh yeah, wow, lawyer. Yeah, I forgot about that. I knew Katura was, but I forgot about Julie being one. Um, that's that's pretty interesting. And that lawyer story seems to be unfolding a little bit more which really goes towards who i think my my winner pick is and i'm feeling pretty confident about it at this point interesting oh, wow interesting. i think that my winner pick became obvious this episode okay so let's play a game here uh let's say hypothetically um you've been wrongfully accused of a crime who are you picking to represent you katora julie or jake um well I think that based off of what Katura said and why Katura is a lawyer and who she likes to represent, that isn't me. Uh, <laughs> that uh, not <laughs> I don't fit the uh, criteria of who she uh, wants to help out with her life and her passion. Uh, so I, I don't think she'll take my case. <laughs> um well, but, maybe she would if you, if you gave a compelling uh, um, argument. I, I guess, maybe, yeah, I guess. I, I think that there's uh, more important cases out there for her than, than me. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would, I, I mean, I'm just going to say I would want Katora. Uh, yeah. Same, same here, but I mean, it's a bit different for me compared yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of do fit the criteria. Yeah, uh, in in that regard, and so uh, I do think that there's just a bit more like tenacity for somebody to fight, you know, for me uh, on the basis of that. And I mean, uh, I don't necessarily. Uh, I mean. I, I like the idea of trying to still be available for everybody. So I do think that that is unfortunate on your part that you wouldn't necessarily, you know, Cody fit the, uh, the criteria, but yeah, it just, it, it kind of is what it is in terms of the cards that are available. Uh, so I, in terms of, for me, I do think that there'd be more in my favor with Katura. I, I think that Katura has the best like intensity and like, I would be like, if I was another lawyer, I would I would be scared. Like I'd be like, oh, she's really passionate about this. Mm -hmm. You see a lot more of that than I guess like Jake's passionate passionate, but he's like kind of like got this Charlie Brown energy. I don't want him to faint while he's representing me. <laughs> oh, no. He thinks so, that like he's like trying to like go down the right path, but then uh, he doesn't quite, but he stumbles through anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, he tries to make you go to rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so I think for me, I'm going uh, Julie because I she I think that her like manner of like keeping you comfortable and calm would be really nice. I think that she mm -hmm. like uh, she would use that energy on her clients too. So that's that's Do you the route. Think she I'm, makes she makes the judge call her Mama Jay. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it seems uh, like there's some bias going on over here. It, it's calling it, you mama. <laughs> if not the judge, then at least the jury. At least, so maybe trying to get yeah, a yeah. little bit of the <laughs> the sentiment going with the jury, you know, getting them like, you know, someone could do like, you know, whatever. And uh, she's just able to win the hearts of the jury saying like, you know, oh, I'm just like, you know, the mama figure, you know, trying to take that role, you know, like mm-hmm. as a sympathy for me and the client. <laughs> These three lawyers know how to work a jury. Hey, that ends up being the final three, (laughs) the three lawyers. I guess before we move on and go back to the start and go from the beginning here, Mm -hmm. um, we might as well just wrap up by talking about uh, all of this Katura storyline as well. uh, While we're here, she was she was in a religious cult. Her childhood was basically snatched away, and uh, she was in the fifth grade when this happened. Mm -hmm. And then the, the the craziest part to me is the what. At 14 years old, the leader decided she was going to be his next wife, and that's when they left in the middle of the night. That's like a common thing you hear about is like when, like that, these like cult leaders like choose like them young or whatever, which is gross. And like, Mm -hmm. but like, I that's not the first time I've heard that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that her parents had the sensibility to get her out of there at that moment because a lot of parents don't. Yeah, and a lot of parents like keep on eating out of that hand the whole time, right? So, but what I found really, go sorry, I I was just going to say, do you guys watch those cult documentaries? Because I can't; they're way too uncomfortable for me. No, I like watching like cult movies sometimes, and they're a little bit uncomfortable, but they have to get their comeuppance. (laughs) (laughs) In the documentaries, they just don't. They're like, and this cult's still going to this day, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh. I uh, I don't necessarily watch some of those documentaries, but I do agree with uh, you know what you t- what both of you are saying, and that like yeah, it's not this uh, the first time I've heard some of these different dynamics happen. That uh, these arranged marriages essentially, or just like the the way that they get these people to drink the Kool Aid and to really follow along with what it is that they're doing. Um, you know, it's very interesting just how people can be programmed uh, in in a lot of different ways, and I've heard it. Uh, with the multitude of different theories, I don't necessarily want to get into a few different examples just for the sake of like uh, trying to keep some level of sanctity amongst your listeners. But yeah, I mean, there's just so much uh, just out there of like what people can end up getting wrapped into. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, you were saying even like their parents took her out. I don't even know what the dynamic is with Katura's father. That's never really been mm-hmm. mentioned. It said that no, the mother right, yeah. got her out um, mm-hmm. and it, it, in the middle of the night. And it's that the, the mother was the one that wrote back to her with the letter. So I don't know where Katura's father is. And I just wanted to throw that out there too. So mm-hmm. I just think it's very interesting where it ties back to another situation Katura was saying about like a couple episodes ago about how her life just hasn't been all sunshines, lollipops and rainbows, that it's actually been, you know, kind of a hurdle and she's had to overcome. In, in like... In an insane way, like what just speaks to the strength of her to bounce back from that. And also just a person that comes into school late like that, comes into high school, right? Without, with, without like all of the knowledge that all of the other kids have and to bounce back and then become a lawyer and like take school to such an elite level like that with just jumping in in high school. Like that's... It- insane it made me. me it made me very happy when she said she lives in her fantasy now she lives in her fantasy home you know she's she's living this dream of being on survivor it was a very it was a very nice touching end to that uh, flashback 
I, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of criticism about uh, the focus on Bruce and the Bruce effect happening throughout this season. And this made me have just unlimited respect for uh, Katura. Mm-hmm. So, and it made me uh, feel bad and think about all of the uh, ill feelings I had towards. <laughs> no, I mean, just because she season. had a great story doesn't mean that she's uh, maybe not played the, the most uh, dynamic game for getting her uh the win, but uh, it's she's it, that doesn't make her a, not an uh, a, an incredible person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, you're you're right there, but um, yeah, you you know what? You're right. I'll still insult her gameplay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with that. I mean, like it's very like fixated. It reminds me going back to second chance of Stephen Fishback uh, fixating mm-hmm. on Joe and trying to get mm-hmm. like everybody to like, kind of like rally against Joe, but he couldn't really get the numbers uh, for that and ends up like uh, leaving um, because of it uh, before Joe even. So yeah. something like that, except now Katira does get her way, but then it's like, now what kind of and she doesn't really have much of a leg to stand on necessarily. Although maybe she's just kind of made it far enough where it goes back to, for me to this dynamic of like the f- final four fire making. And it takes me back to uh, two seasons ago uh, when there was Jesse and Cody and Jesse made the move against Cody at final six uh, and in a way to try to like preemptively get him out before that final round so that he doesn't really have a chance to like squeak by. Like maybe now that Jake and Katura have made it this far, like these Reba uh, four, they've really like, they've already started to turn on each other. So, maybe now they're going to be able to squeak by because of the dynamic and the mechanics. uh, And now they're really trying to get some of these people out so that they don't have to go to the finals. So maybe that kind of saves their game. Yeah. Yeah. It it should be interesting. I I don't know if Katura gets to that final three or not. I'm I'm still not uh, completely sold on that idea, but I think when she's up there, she's got a story. She's got Mm -hmm. something to definitely got a story. I think, um, uh, b- between her and Jake, I think she she definitely has the more compelling case to win. But uh, I'd my... love to see Katora as the person, like, um, uh, like for example, like Romeo, who went in with uh, pretty much nothing to that final three. Um, that was season one, or, or not season one, forty one, forty one. Yeah, 41. <laughs> season one, I believe. Romeo. No, it was actually against... that was that was Romeo was season forty two. 42. Yeah. That was so, Mike and Mike and Marianne. You, but you, uh, my point is like with uh, Romeo almost having nothing the whole season, like going for him and then like doing a great final tribal, I thought. And yeah, that he did maybe well. at least like consider him, you know, and I, I would love to see Katura uh, do something uh, similar because I think if she gets to the end, she's uh, she's got that lawyer mentality. She can uh, maybe win over the jury just uh, well, like she does every day. <laughs> I think she's won over Sia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Fair enough. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily too sure what she really could say in terms of like her agency. Cause like even getting out like Bruce, like, Arguably, that's Emily's move. And, you know, a lot of people really uh, gave Emily the credit for it. And I, I don't want to necessarily go too, too deep into this point because it's going to be like the beginning of the episode. And, of course, with like Emily being like eliminated. But like just going back to the whole Katira thing, I mean, like, oh, I survived Bruce. And then once I got him out, then I managed to squeak my way to the end. <laughs> you know, like, well, I mean, the way to I guess the way to frame it would be like I saw Bello as a sinking ship and I and I got off of that. And that's why I'm the only pillow here around mm-hmm. 
And and especially like Jake's still there, yes, but Jake's been on the bottom and almost voted out, whereas Katura hasn't been considered. Mm-hmm. So I th- mm-hmm. I think that that's like an interesting way for her to go too. Uh, but it's going to be so hard. Like any of these mm-hmm. before is like just the choice at this point. Yeah. Um, I want to bring something up in this. And I, I, I want to say this. I have felt, I have felt sorry for Bruce and his exit press. Many people have asked him, how do you feel about all the words said about you? And he has been, he's expressed that he was extremely disappointed by a lot of the content that was uh, against him. Mm-hmm. So, that being said, I'm not comparing Bruce to a cult leader, but now that uh, uh, Katora's <laughs> background has come out, I can see why she would be resistant to someone bossing her around all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just seeing those things. Um, I understand that. Yeah. Um, Bruce, uh, I thought Bruce uh, played uh, an interesting game and I don't, I don't think that like all of the insults towards Bruce that he he got in that season, I mean, I understand that rubbing people the lo- wrong way and being on the island like that. But like overall, like you look at Bruce's game, not the best strategy or anything, but mm-hmm. entertaining as hell. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I'd welcome him back on any uh, season again and just hope that the game doesn't wrap around him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, I think that he. I think he recognized in the beginning a way that he would be able to move forward that uh, wouldn't have had him resulting in hitting the survivor wall, which is a term I really like the way that he said it back to Jake uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But essentially about like him being like that drunk uncle uh, kind of thing or the fun uncle, essentially, and not necessarily getting in and saying, oh, you have to do this this way and that way and what have you. I mean, I don't necessarily really consider him to have had that much uh, more experience than other people being there for 12 hours, you know, <laughs> before. And so, yeah, then he goes in and he just, he doesn't like take a back seat. Like he inserts himself into these situations saying to do this and to do that and what have you. And that really just uh, started to bury him in that regard. And he, he just really had to hold back and hopefully, you know, I would like to see Bruce again. Uh, and I would hope that he would make some of these adjustments. Cause yeah, like it kind of really did bury him in the edit along a lot of the way and he maybe really did get really lucky that he was safe at 16 uh out of 15 days or something like that that they were saying you You, you saw some of his ego when he met kane for 12 hours imagine him coming back and having a whole half a season under his belt (laughs) he's gonna be be a monster (laughs) it could be worse yeah (laughs) um but Um, let's let's go back to the start of the episode here uh emily we uh, we get back. Emily's made this big move. It seems that the perspective we got is that people are realizing that Emily got this big move. We got Julie mm-hmm. uh, recognizing that uh, Emily uh, Emily did it, and that that's a big gameplay move and a big resume builder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was wondering if uh, last week's move would be more of an invisible move that she could uh, hold under her. Uh, um, it hold in her pocket for a while, but I guess it was a pretty out front move. Um, well, yeah, this is um, so back to what I was like, kind of saying earlier. Um, I do think that this was kind of a mistake on uh, Emily's part in terms of like she didn't really have to give that closure or say that like oh like I kind of just uh, can bring some more context to that and say that I was the one that told uh, Bruce that you know oh uh, Mama J was you know coming was not with you and to convince Bruce uh, to be comfortable to not play as idol I don't think that she really had to do that I even heard uh, you guys talking about it last week about how 
um, her making this move uh, could have like, well, been, you know, a notch on her resume and could have put her into like, you know, a better position. But then, yeah, like, uh, does this is this something that she can kind of hide back uh, behind or does this like uh, th- that it would ideally have made it safer for her uh, because she's trying to hold her position. She didn't turn on the re before last week. And so that was mm-hmm. kind of like the idea that she wanted to still hold her position and not necessarily look like a threat. And then she just makes herself stand out as a threat anyways in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what really did her in for this episode. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, we saw an example of uh, Survivor's always about making the move at the right time, and uh, she had the chance to make that move and possibly take out Julie and still have a Bruce as a shield out there, mm. and she didn't take it. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely pushed back on uh, uh, on you last week, Cody, but I was mostly pushing back on your negativity last week. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, I mean, seeing it from now, this perspective, I think the move last week for Emily would have been to go along with the Julie plan for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, uh, as you can see, uh, Joel had come with a new positive attitude. <laughs> I, I like it. I mean, are you impressed? Uh yeah, I am imp- I am impressed. But I mean, for for me I'm this relieved. is this is the season finale. This was the season finale seeing Emily gone for me. Uh so um, Well, I mean, yeah, I guess we can get into our uh, the future of the of the next couple episodes. How <laughs> <laughs> basically well, you are quitting after this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a great season finale. Um <laughs> who wins? I don't care. Emily's gone, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, Emily, uh, I definitely had quite a bit of stock in her. I thought that she was going to be like the winner of the season. I mean, especially uh, one of the parts when you were asking me before about how I felt about the season, I kind of overlooked saying, but just like at the very beginning, uh, when her tribe is the tribe that's uh, losing the Lulu tribe, I'm just like thinking like, okay, is this going to be possibly with her and Caleb, the next uh, Malcolm and Denise uh, from Philippines that, you know, their tribes is losing, but then they kind of squeak their way through. Uh, but then they take out Caleb, you know relatively quickly and i'm thinking like oh like emily like they're really showing that emily is doing this and that like um she's the one that is going and telling jake oh they're not with you she's the one that's going telling bruce oh they're not with you uh they're showing a lot of character development for her i'm thinking that she has like this amazing story uh but now that she's out then it's kind of like oh wow like i just uh it really takes out one of the major characters for me from that emotional standpoint. Well, I think that we got the edit i think the show wanted us to and she got a similar edit today uh or last night as, you know, like Jesse. And um, it was basically the show telling us, like, this person would have won if they stayed in. And that's what they wanted to tell us through that edit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, she, gave, it also it gave me uh, Christian Hubicki Final Seven going home vibes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that uh, that was good, though. And you could see one of my favorites went out. Not uh, not pissed off because that was my finale. Um, <laughs> you still have to watch the show, Cody. Yeah, <laughs> nah, we'll see. All of the uh, the gameplay uh, from some of the other contestants. Yeah, really uh, forming an opinion. And look, I uh, I don't even necessarily blame that. You know, like I do think it's a very interesting point you're bringing up last week about like is bad gameplay you know interesting or not? And uh, I think in some ways, uh, yes. In some ways, uh, it can be like frustrating. Like you know, Katira and Bruce, why don't you just you know work together get julie out you know even emily could have still been here as a result of that <laughs> I, yeah well i i think that this episode actually had bad gameplay being interesting i think the bad gameplay mm. from austin that we'll uh, mm-hmm. see um coming up here of putting his heart in front of uh his game 
Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, I I, I want to say yes. Emily was a, a an extremely uh, compelling figure to watch through the season. But I feel like, meanwhile, all this stuff going on post merge under the surface of the Bruce stuff, the Emily stuff, the Caleb stuff that up front was the most kind of compelling stuff to root for. There's they've been planting enough seeds for the final six to be, in my opinion, is going to be very interesting. Um, uh, there's 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 some cool dynamics going on. I think I think it's pretty fun and something we haven't seen in a while. A a uh, uh, an alliance of four making it to six, and and then I think. The most interesting part is obviously at the end of this episode, there's going to be a lot of uh, fracture in this alliance of four. And then there's two people that I think at this point are probably seen as goats, Katora and Jake. And I, I don't think any of the Reba four except other than, I mean, maybe D and Julie do seem to be blinded by the, the alliance of it all. But, uh, I don't think Austin or Drew want to be at the end with any of their uh, final four alliance. Well, I think I I can't see a world where Austin doesn't want to be with D at the end. And that's kind of what we oh, saw. Um, the big thing that we got to talk about next here is that we got um, hints towards this in the uh, season, but this is the first like big confirmation from them that uh, D and Austin kind of a little bit of a romance going on over here. Yes, kind they of have a Robin this, Amber situation. <laughs> a bit of a Robin Amber. They they tell us they they do a big flashback about yeah. the Robin Amber All Star. I don't yeah. know why they need to remind us in a two minute flashback about Robin Amber. Okay, like they bring up Robin Amber. Okay, we get it. Robin Amber. That's shorthand. No, they need to give us a whole flashback. I mean, uh, one of the favorite like uh, contestants, I guess, <laughs> from uh, Survivor. You know, really wanting to relive that if, moment. Yeah, if you can get Boston Rob on the show for free, you take it every time. <laughs> I feel like that's just Jeff being like, "Can we get a Rob Rob segment in there? Can we put can we can we put a bunch of Rob clips in there?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that Boston Rob is one of Jeff's like favorite, uh, you know, contestants of all time. So yeah, it's just uh, the. The way that he idolizes him, yeah. If you can get him for free, if you can get him squeezing him some way, one of either that's one of the moments, or even getting uh, Eric Reichen back, uh, giving the yeah. immunity necklace. <laughs> yeah, that's one of if you could squeeze that in there. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, he'll get it next week. <laughs> but we um, don't. We we get them in in private confessionals saying like, I really care about this person, but we don't. I we don't have them like really talking about their feelings towards each other, I guess on the screen, maybe they didn't show it, but other than them saying to each other that going out, they didn't want to start a showmance or, you know, like, but both of them say, maybe I'll meet my wife. Maybe I'll meet my husband out there, like to each other, but not saying, and that's you, you know, I, I, I think they, they did say their emotional connection. Didn't they say that to each other? I guess. I oh yeah. But it. like, did they did did it tip and they they were talking around it being actually romantic? I I think it's I think it's there. It's, like, it's definitely there, but they're not holding hands. They're not smooching. Yeah, they see the feeling seems to be quite mutual though. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that this was um, this episode. Actually, I think this is going to be the most interesting pop of the week segment we've ever done because it could go a lot of different ways. There was a lot. 90, 90 minutes, baby. It makes it hard. Yeah, this, especially, this especially when there's so few people left in the game, we're getting everybody, everybody's perspectives. Yeah, this this relationship became like the kind of focal point of the episode, though, because we saw um, Austin's battle with uh, caring about this relationship and wanting to um, hold on to this relationship because it's, I guess we see from Austin this episode that that relationship with these more important than the game itself to him. And he, he said, if that. I didn't win, I'd want her to. Yeah. And then we see that for D, his re- her relationship with Julie is maybe more important than Austin's because mm. she went and uh, threw that away. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's definitely um, going back to like the connection between them. They're saying like Austin was asking D, what do you think about the most like in this game? Uh, and D saying like, you know, this moment right here. So they're kind of like, I, I do think that those feelings are there and that they're mutual, but they're not being quite like explicit or really uh, crossing a particular line of, yeah, being of intimacy uh, with each other. Uh, And then, yeah, I think that's a very interesting point that Austin is certainly putting the relationship before the game. I don't know. I don't know necessarily that D is doing the same and that could be Austin's undoing. This could really be like the beginning of that. I think D's bat. It seems to me that D's battling that a little bit more. Like she, she did speak about, uh, like, oh, am I throwing away my game for um, this relationship right now or whatever, or a romance? And I think that she's going battling it a little bit more than Austin is. I think Austin's fully succumbed to, I don't care what happens, I have D now, and she's mm-hmm. still, like, battling with, I need to win this game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and balancing both. So, I don't know. But... Uh, yeah, this relationship became the focal point of the episode anyways and uh, caused a lot of rifts because we get it started with uh, Julie taking a lot of uh, steps towards uh, getting out Emily and getting that name around there. So um, we, we And we find out that Julie has been hanging on to Austin's idol ever since they split up into three groups for that challenge. That that was also interesting. I think that's the first time that someone's just held on to the idol for that long that they were just like borrowing. Yeah, yeah. Especially the part that really got me is that it was the idol, not the amulet. So Austin keeps the weaker tool for himself, <laughs> the amulet, and gives the stronger tool to someone else. That, like, I was just like, what? Like, I knew it was like, okay, Austin has two autos. He's giving one of them away. And, I mean, there's so many, like, different advantages. I like, kind of, like, lost track of, like, the particulars. But the fact that he gave, like, the stronger one didn't quite ask for it back like oh, okay now that you know this is done like uh, you know give it back or what have you and now he's saying i need to flush my own idol it just really like emphasizes just how much uh that that really just did austin in yeah yeah i think austin is such a good guy too that he's not gonna like say no you have to give it back mm-hmm. or maybe oh. maybe he's afraid to like upset the relationship and stuff but I I feel like if that was Drew's idol, he'd be like, give me it back. We also got from him with uh, Julie, too, that he was scared to ask for it back. He wanted it back, but he was scared that it would set off bells if he asked for it back Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I do feel like uh, a more sort of confident 
survivor player, a more cutthroat guy would not worry about that. Would oh. just get it back. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Austin was willing to get rid of this idol, just like throw it away to not have that confrontation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... And uh, Julie has some alarm bells go off when Drew suggests that she does something fancy with her idol. Want to do something tricky with your idol, he says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and she immediately goes to Dee and tells her that uh, Drew's trying to get her to play her idol. And and uh, I think Drew is seen by Julie and Dee, at least, as the guy that wants to go against the Reba 4 the most. And the Reba 4, at the beginning of the episode confidently make this final four alliance and it's like okay well how's this going to how is this apple cart going to be upset and drew was the main linchpin there in there that Um, conversation too uh where julie's like well you guys have an idol too when -hmm. she said that it kind of pissed me off a little bit that she took ownership of this idol like she was speaking Mm -hmm. like it was her uh, idol and everything like that like she had no intention of giving that back which i thought was so interesting and weird and i don't know <laughs> i i it, it doesn't piss me off I, it it makes me more be like kudos to julie for for being so bullish about that well i think mm-hmm. that she had the opportunity for the perfect move and she didn't necessarily take it yeah she no i mean later austin. on yeah i mean does she take out austin or does she take out emily we can we can go through the back and forth of that um uh I think maybe I mean in ultimately in the end it really did feel like D's move. Yeah, yeah. I D's the one that said, You're voting for Emily, you're playing your idol, you're voting for Emily. Where he's yeah. I mean, we can think about like if if Julie votes for Austin, she's pissing off she's pissing off uh D quite a bit, and that is a ally. Obviously, if she wants to hang on to D as her number one ally. D is openly saying to her, to Julie's face that Austin is her number one ally. So maybe taking out Austin is the good thing. Leaves her no choice to, mm-hmm. but to play with her. We're not going to see what that would have been like, but I'm just seeing it. Does Julie become enemy number one when they get back to camp? Because she took out Austin. Drew's pissed off at her and D's pissed off at her. But if she votes at Emily, at least she still has D and Drew and Austin can be painted as enemy number one. I think I think the ultimate move there would have been to use Austin's idol to take out Austin's closest ally and take out Drew. Well, Drew had immunity. Oh, right. Drew had immunity. Yeah. Yeah. So you wanted to take out Austin. That would have been the move. And I I do think so in a way too. just like, uh, okay. So the whole idea about like enemy number one, I'd almost say that Julie arguably hit a survivor wall of her own in a way. So I almost think that D is the only person that she really could have salvaged in that uh, regard and that she does salvage D by doing what D uh, wanted, taking out Emily. And I do agree that it is like more of D's move uh, that, you know, uh, Julie followed what D wanted to do. At the same time, I'm thinking that if we do take out Austin, I don't know that D really does have anywhere else to go. Um, they could be 
all like, oh, okay, now all bets are off, you know, and now it's like kind of free for all. I don't think that that'd be ideal for D. I do think that D would be best to still work with Julie and to still try to like maneuver because I do think that they've already lost Drew and then Jake and Katura and Emily like are already after Julie anyway. So I do think that it could have been a bigger move for Julie to take out Austin uh, since she's already she doesn't really have that much else to lose in that regard and either way. Uh, but I guess we'll never really know now, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I think that it's all going to work out at the end of the, uh, the day anyways, for Julie, for Julie, my winner pick. Ah, Julie's your winner pick. Yeah. I think hands down. I think that we I think got she's out next week. <laughs> I think, I think we got the, I think we got the edit that Julie's winning. Hmm. Maybe, uh, maybe, I mean, another thing I wanted to bring up, I mean, we're skipping ahead a lot. We can we can go backwards, but I think Emily's biggest misplay was not going along with Julie's uh, blindside plan. She could have oh. saved herself if she, Jake, Katora, and Julie all went after Austin. And that remember when Julie sat down with them in the shelter and was like, mm. "What if we do a blindside against Austin?" Yeah, I think that Emily. Um, which is interesting because that would have been the move. And I think that Emily hasn't been valuing her relationship with Katura as much as maybe she should. Um, because I think that that relationship with Katura helped her in this game of Katura being like, they're voting for you. I think mm-hmm. that that came up this episode. I think that there was a good potential for, um, her to be Katura's number one. I think that spot's open. Katura's uh, talking about D, talking about Julie, but, doesn't have anyone else really. Mm-hmm. She, I don't know what Katora's plan would have been other than to go to the end with Emily. So I think that Emily was focusing on, Oh, all I have is uh, drew and Austin, but should have been focusing on, Oh, I'll still have drew Katura and Jake's a free agent. So, and, and like, but I also think it was the votes were six against one. There's, there's so much opportunity to split the vote there too. Yeah, I mean, Emily could have even just voted for somebody else in a way. It didn't even necessarily have to be, um, you know, voting for Julie. At the same time, that kind of does like blow up in her spot in a way. And I still personally, for me, think that back in the beginning when Emily really highlights the situation at the very beginning of the episode that like, oh, yeah, I was the one that helped mastermind getting Bruce out. I think that that really grew the target on her the most. Mm -hmm. So she may not necessarily have even been in the in the talks uh if it wasn't necessarily for that also like what a way to put a target on yourself masterminding getting bruce out the guy that hasn't been playing the fucking game all (laughs) season (laughs) (laughs) not worth it (laughs) there's also opportunity i mean i don't know if katura and and uh, jake know about julie's idol but they could have like those two votes could have been a vote two votes against d I think that I don't think that uh, Emily Katura and Jake knew about that. No, I think that they even confirmed that in the episode. Yeah. That like, yeah, that they don't really know. And so maybe the only thing that would have really tipped it off is when Julie's coming and talking to uh, Katura and Emily and saying that, like, oh, like, let's go and uh, try to make mm-hmm. a move. Maybe to tip off that, like, ideally, that would have tipped off that. Okay, Julie somehow got some sort of awareness that it's coming against her because like, why is she now all of a sudden trying to do something else at the 11th hour? But also Mm -hmm. doing that at the 11th hour makes me, would make me think, Oh, she's desperate now. She must not have anything. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's what I would start thinking too. To be fair to mm-hmm. like Emily and everything, right? Okay. Like I would be like, oh, she's doing this because otherwise, why wouldn't she just stick with her allies? Why would she be trying yeah, to get out of Austin when I think that she's with Austin, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also think that it was interesting. Um, and we'll move away from the start of this episode again. But uh, Austin gets brought the idea of Julie from Katura and is on board. So I, I thought it was interesting because this relationship between Katura and Austin, we haven't seen anything of really, or anything like that. So to see like that conversation be like, Oh yeah, Austin's on board with this now. Yeah. I mean, it's, and uh, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'll be disappointed every week if I wish that uh, Jake and Katura made the right move, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally sour you on the season, like oh yeah, bad gameplay, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, if I'm if I'm hoping for that every week. So so do you want to like uh, go backwards here? Well, I think we can go to the challenge, maybe. Well, well, I do, uh, there's a couple things before the challenge, right? Um, like the the dilemma, right? Oh, uh, right. Emily, Emily going to the island, yeah. Um, asking for this risk, this uh, this puzzle that stumped everyone at the beginning of the season. I think it's right. Not to play the game because she'd lose her vote, but vote didn't seem to matter been... anyway. She didn't uh, use it in any kind of uh, way. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. But uh, <laughs> uh, th- that puzzle, um, uh, Carson posted on Twitter, Carson from last season, a uh, like he figured it out and he said it took him forever to figure it out. And this is Carson talking. Um, he he posted like a uh, a 3D um, like GIF of how to solve that puzzle, and it takes forever to figure out. That puzzle's way too hard. I mean, uh, one point on that, like Carson seemed to be someone who like really prepares for a lot of those different puzzles. So I mean, this is something that seems new. So mm-hmm. uh, there, there is that, but I do acknowledge like you know where you're going with that, and I do agree that I don't I don't think that it would have been a good idea for Emily to have done it. Um, yes, her vote didn't necessarily matter. Arguably, this could have made the difference that Emily could have been safe. Uh, but at the same time, I do think that that's result oriented in that way. I do think that Emily in the moment made the biggest, uh, the, uh, the best decision for her in that mm-hmm. regard. I, mm-hmm. for me, a lot of it just really goes back to her highlighting herself in the beginning. When I think of like, you know, what did Emily do wrong in this, uh, particular round? Uh, I think that she really just could have laid low, uh, beforehand no, I- and not necessarily taken that credit. Like that's the biggest. No. For me yeah yeah i think uh i think emily obviously made the right choice with this puzzle it's a way too hard puzzle we've already seen her lose a vote uh, on one of these uh things from uh a game played in in that in that one she was forced to because she already didn't have her vote and the, the game was to get her vote back and she didn't get it um and but we've seen multiple people lose puzzles uh, and lose their vote and lose or lose advantages and stuff like that this season. And I'm hoping, um, because this didn't end up being very good TV, Emily not risking her vote, that Jeff looks and be like, hey, maybe we don't do the, uh, the, the, this, these segments of TV anymore because it's just a waste of time. Well, yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting. The one thing I will say, if I was in Emily's position, I probably would have tried the puzzle. Um, because people don't believe you anyways. She went back to camp and people were like, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wrote, yeah, I wrote they down, never believe you anyway. 
I wrote down D, of course, doesn't buy Emily's story. Yeah. <laughs> D, so, D wouldn't have believed anything she said. No, regardless. Yeah. If, if she was like, if Emily was like, oh, I tried the puzzle, didn't get it, lost my vote, D would be like, hmm. Yeah. I think she has her vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So maybe you just have to reverse psychology yeah. that just to try to get like the outcome from that you want from the people. But yeah, I do agree that yeah, no matter what, like there's a lot of kind of suspicion at that uh, point in the game, and uh, that yeah, unless it was one of those uh, re before that went, uh, that there wouldn't really have been anything that she could have said. That immunity is so valuable, I think, at that point, and if you uh, for Emily too, I think that Emily was in like. A decent position. Well, we saw that she was in a good position to not need a vote. And with all of the votes going on Julie, even though she went home, I still stand by that she was in a good position to not need a vote. Mm-hmm. And that if she had immunity, her whole game would have been saved, you know? And if she didn't, and with her vote, if she used it correctly, then she would have tied it somewhere there, like putting one on D or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one uh, other point about that, too, is just uh, even in the beginning where they're talking about like, OK, who wants to go on this excursion? And it's uh, saying that, OK, if two more than one person wants to go draw rocks and then we see Emily's reaction as if she's like, oh, uh, I can't believe I won. Like, uh, I of course, it has to be me and all of that. And I'm just thinking if you didn't want to go, then don't put your hand up to draw rocks. You know, she's regretting that she's going and she had the opportunity to not go. (laughs) And and looking, looking at it, Drew is the one that was saying, I want to go on the boat. And he's the one that has had practice with this puzzle. Maybe he's been thinking about it the entire game. He's the only one on the Island that did that puzzle because it was Caleb, Sabaya, Brando and Jake at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I, (laughs) Emily should have given it to him. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, results were in, in a way like just you don't really know what it is, right? What the challenge is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But speaking of uh, people that uh, were surprised they won a challenge, Drew. Yeah. Can, can, uh, sorry, Cody, a lot a lot more oh. happens between now and the challenge. <laughs> I, 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 don't, just, I don't think I, so. I wrote down. I, d- I just like, I know that we skipped ahead and stuff, but there is interesting, still interesting stuff. I did a good segue. Time. You did a and good you disrespected me. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm, uh, I like the dynamic uh, between you two. <laughs> you fucking spit in my face. Jake and Cat, Jake and Katora. Sorry, I, ha- I, if in my notes I write Cat, but I, I, that's why I say Cat sometimes. But it's Katora. Nobody calls her Cat. But uh, so Jake and Katora are doing the. Uh, they're practicing for fire. And what does Katora say? Why can't we just vote someone out at four? Come on, Jeff. Speaking for speaking my changes. language, game Sorry, changers. You, you know, it's game yeah. changers. New ever since then. Right? Nah, I um, uh, for me, I think it's a very interesting uh, time to talk about the final four fire making. That it, it, in some ways, it just kind of pushes earlier that chance to try to turn on someone. But I also like. I think that it's one of those like, oh, let's try to save somebody. Uh, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and uh, let's try to save like that person that would have gone out. Uh, first of all, let's have a final three instead of a final two to try to save the person that goes out in the third spot. Okay, now they just go out in the fourth spot. Let's try to make it so that we can save that person again. Um, sorry, it wasn't Game Changers. It would have been uh, Heroes, Healers, Hustlers, uh, yeah. uh, Ben uh, Driebergen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, 
Uh, I also have quite a few opinions. Like he idled his way pretty much through, but nonetheless, uh, I do think that it just kind of pushes the inevitable forward. And I do think it gets to a point where there's diminishing returns. Like uh, eventually then you just start to have some people that I think are arguably some clowns with the way that they played the game end up making it to the end and potentially winning. And I kind of do like the idea of seeing some more of those more dominant people uh, winning the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's also interesting to see how early they're focusing on fire making. Usually we don't get that until like the last episode. Typically it's like, Oh, they're practicing fire making. So it'd be like, interesting to if this was foreshadowing to see Jake and Katora uh, against doing, each other against each other. Yeah, that could be interesting. Or do well, we think that uh, Katora saying, "Why can't we just vote someone out of four? What if that's don't get foreshadowing yeah. for a twist? They're going back to a final four vote. Good, they could. I, Possible. I'm not against the fire making. I'm really not. Okay. I'm I'm I, pro I mean, fire making. I'm not pro fire making. I'm pro. I'm pro variance. Mm. So, and at this point, um, I feel like we've seen every which way of fire making twice now. So, I'd I don't see it as a great TV. Uh, there has been great TV moments in fire making over the years, but uh, after last year, last season, was it? What was her name? Why can't I remember? Was it Tina? No. What was her name? I don't know. That last year that did fire making? That she she won the challenge. She did the Chris Underwood thing and took um uh Carson to fire and beat him. What was her name? Carolyn or No, not Carolyn. The uh, the um Puerto Rican lady. I don't even remember her name. Oh my um, God! Why can't we remember her name? Ah, but who cares? <laughs> no, not who cares. We should get it right. Um, uh, but anyway, she, like I didn't see that as a thrilling TV moment. Like I saw it as as a thrilling TV moment when Chris Underwood did it because it had already happened. Right. Uh, you're talking about Heidi. Heidi. Thank Heidi, you. Yes, Heidi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tina. <laughs> Tina. <laughs> Heidi. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Heidi. Yes. Um. Uh, I I just I I just don't see the entertaining TV in the final four fire making anymore, and I feel like at this point, to add some variance to it, it would be very fun and very surprising to throw in. Hey, by the way, it's not fire making; it's a vote. That uh, it could be interesting. Speaking of interesting and on Fine. fire. Drew was on fire in that challenge. No, <laughs> we're not done yet. There's interesting things happening. I know we talked around at stuff, but Drew walking up to uh, Katora and Jake, um, it, it, like Drew's, I think Drew's strategy here was interesting. Like, uh, um, uh, sewing the Drew's very good at making people feel like, uh, um, votes were their idea, which is good because he ultimately, um, gets the thread off his back when things come together. Um, but, uh, he's always good at, at like, like with cat, with Katura and Jake, he's like, shows himself as somebody who wants to work with them and they throw out the names. Yeah. Drew's been good at uh, building those relationships with the underneath people and he hasn't forgot about them, which I think a lot of people do. Uh, so 
uh, you're right. And Drew's been good, um, including them to keep the threat level off himself. Drew's also been really good at um, making sure that he has enough rope. Oh, my God. For the challenge where he won. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, I wanted, uh, I just wanted to touch on uh, that, that, um, Okay, so, okay, okay, okay. Uh, one of the things that I also do think is particularly interesting is the relationship between um, Drew and Jake, which, yes, can also segue to the challenge, but no, genuinely, genuinely, that um, last uh, episode, they're coming off of saying, oh, like, you know, he's a mob boss and all of that, which I also think is very interesting from Drew's perspective because, like, uh, Jake doesn't really have that pull to be able to really say like when I think of mob boss I think of the Boston Rob Redemption Island like you know like uh, if you go against the group then the group's gonna go against you kind of thing and kind of being intimidated in that way versus him saying like okay the conversation's over I don't really think that that is such a like a uh, domineering you know personality uh, but nonetheless that they had that like argument per se and now there's trying to that now they're working together. Like they kind of got back on the same page mm-hmm. in a lot it's of ways. Fun. And I think that that's very interesting from Drew as well. Yeah. I, and I think that uh, Drew did a good job of uh, making that uh, relationship and rebuilding that relationship of Drake or with Jake. Uh, Drake. I, yeah. With Drake. You got Toronto on the brain, brother. Oh man. <laughs> I, I'm going to hang out with Drake after this um, with, uh, I think that Drew did a good job of uh, rekindling that relationship with Jake uh, when he brought him on the reward after he won the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, I just wanted, before we move on from mob boss, there is somebody I think that is a mob boss in the season right now, and it's not Drew or Jake. You think it's D? It's D. Yeah. D gets her way. Yeah. Every, yeah. I feel like every vote has been who D wanted. Yeah. I mean, I don't think D is playing a, a great game either is the thing, uh, but just, well, in I mean, we, we can discuss, we can discuss, but I, I mean, your winner pick is Julia. I have a different winner pick now. Wow. Yours is D. Yeah. Interesting. I think that um, we got a confessional in this episode from Emily that made me think that it's going to be Julie because okay. that confessional basically saying that it's like the war between her and Julie and we'll see who wins. I think that that was showing like the winner of this based off of Emily's edit is winning the game. Interesting. Okay. That's how, that's how I took that confessional, but that might be just a big brain edit reading. What I think it will come down to is resourcefulness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You have your own segue. uh, Just uh, also uh, on that. I mean, yeah, I don't necessarily think that we're getting like people that are, particularly like stellar players in terms of all-time uh, survivor i do uh, agree with that so i do mm-hmm. think that part of it is also like how they're operating relative to the field uh, i also do think that some of it has to do with uh, a lot like in the beginning like what allows this re before uh to be able to advance uh, so far uh has been also like the lulu in the beginning like their tribe really getting uh, decimated and so the other tribes don't really have to go to tribal council it's also part of bruce like if the 
Bellow Tribe goes to Tribal Council before the merge. Does Bruce make it this far? Like, I think part of some of like Bruce's success and what really builds up his narrative is that he was safe for like you know 15, 16 uh, out of uh, fourteen or fifteen like Tribal Councils. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that there's a lot of that that comes into play that allows some players to kind of skate by or not be put in situations where they can make some of these mistakes and really be mm-hmm. tested. And then now you have them like they they were really identified. Even Emily identified the episode before that the Reba is coming in as a majority alliance into the merge and they get into this position and like they're saying systematic elimination like they don't really uh do much about it uh up until this point so so some of it i do think is some sort of level of circumstance not necessarily fully you know in d's control or part of like her resume as to like what makes her uh be so successful uh in this game and if she was tested again in another season i don't necessarily know that she'd get the same results she's just doing particularly well in this set of circumstances yeah yep i i think loyalty has been uh the Reba story and they've uh stuck together so the moment that they don't we could see uh a Couture Jake possibly win because they didn't. Uh, but we'll have you, to you see. Think, you think a, a, a Reba four member, if they went to the end with uh, Drew and Jake, uh, Drew and Jake, not Drew and Jake, Couture and Jake, the jury could be so pissed off at the domineering qual, the domineerness of the Reba four. They could be so pissed off at whoever is representing the Reba four that they I, want I to vote. I think we got for, some eye rolls uh, about Couture. Drew in that jury. I don't think the jury is liking Drew very much. Well, yeah, the, I remember Kelly. I yeah, did like an eye roll because uh, Drew gave that like particularly short answer. Then Jeff calls him out about it, saying like, "Oh yeah, that was like the shortest answer you gave in the uh, season." And then uh, he starts to make this quote, uh, and then yeah, you see about Kelly. Napoleon. Yeah, and then Kelly yeah gives like yeah this eye roll. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I was eye rolling too because it was a shameless plug for the new Napoleon movie, <laughs> which I love, which is good, and and uh, I saw, and it's good. I didn't. I got. Uh, I had a really pissed off roommate come home after watching the Napoleon movie. Yeah, because out. your roommates love to hate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we love watching the world burn. I I, I, just not I like to like stuff, which is why I like thing. this season. Why I like Napoleon. Oh wow. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Drew wins the challenge. He had enough role. Well, good for him. It was. It was. Um, it was a good challenge. Eh. It was. I'm. I'm I, happy. I liked. See. I did like that challenge. It was fun. It was uh, dynamic. Yeah, I really uh, enjoyed just the. I mean, we've seen it before, like the idea of like, trying to navigate whatever obstacle uh, to be able to get enough rope to then go through. Uh, and one of the parts that I thought was like probably the most interesting is that they try to give themselves enough rope so that they can make it to the platform and then they can throw uh, the sandbags at the blocks. But then they also need to have enough rope to go and get the sandbag mm. after they throw it. That I don't think that they've done that before, not that I can recall. So I thought that that was particularly interesting that like you go and see, uh, I think it was Drew who uh, says, oh, do I need all three? Because he just didn't Mm -hmm. have enough rope. And then now he has to like readjust uh, Mm -hmm. and be like, "Okay, I can't like just whip it, you know, at uh, the blocks. I have to be very careful with how I throw. And like that being another part of the challenge, too. I thought that was very interesting. I mean, Drew already showed us he doesn't have the best arm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that first uh, throw was pretty weak. I will say, I I don't have the best arm either. Uh, I, uh, if Drew's listening, uh, I I 
I'm not making fun of him because <laughs> I don't have uh, that good of a throw either. So my favorite part of the challenge um, was that I, I think that Austin did not understand no matter how many times Jeff said it was not picking up on that both uh, sides needed to see any resourcefulness because <laughs> he was so confused. It has yeah, to be both was, sides. You <laughs> look at the other side and, like, and he was just like not reacting to that. It looks like someone fell asleep on the keyboard on the other side of his uh, puzzle yeah. there. <laughs> uh, but uh, Drew wins, does uh, Boys Night 2.0, chooses all the boys. And we didn't get a we didn't get a fun edit of that like we did last no, week. We, but didn't, I guess... we didn't get uh, Danger Zone <laughs> no. played <laughs> Top Gun. No, we did but, not. Uh, I will we... say I was I was happy to hear Jeff say all the fixings. Yep, mm-hmm. he brought it back for you. You heard your complaints. So, so and uh, to me, all the fixings means I guess salad. They had salad there. Yeah, they had ketchup, mustard. I don't know. Like they they said there was going to be hot dogs, but it was only cheeseburgers. Yeah, I um, it, it maybe went by really fast to me, so I didn't even pick up with what they were having. Oh, mm-hmm. you know me, yeah. I was pausing. Yeah, I was you pausing, were pausing trying to see scope of the screen. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. did make me want burgers. But I do remember, yeah, what you're saying from uh, last week about how he was saying, um, so yeah, you're going to be getting, you know, a soft drink, you know, you're like, oh, was, did he say soda or did he say pop mm-hmm. and all that, you know, and he's like kind of going and listing it off. And then there's that pause. Is it worth playing for? And now he's like, you know, going back to all the fixings. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, some of these uh, stock standard uh, phrases now that have become part of Jeff's identity, mm-hmm. uh, I can appreciate that you'd want to hear him say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh but uh Cody we get uh Drew coming back after the cha- after the the um the hot dog reward mm-hmm. he's looking he's holding <laughs> his stomach yep field position yeah yeah he was done i thought he was going to get medevaced he was he's a skinny guy to eat a whole burger and all the fixings and stuff that's that's going to mess with him after not eating for 21 days we also had uh, a little confessional from d to uh being scared of the boys uh all being together and strategizing yeah i know well i just feel like if if drew doesn't choose d she's gonna have a problem with it yeah you know whoever he takes she's gonna be mad at yeah that's I just think, the way d is i think that what's kept the reba strong was really not caring about the rewards and just logically giving them to the people that need them i mm-hmm. think and they i'm wondering if they discuss that because it's been happening throughout where they never choose each other which mm-hmm. also helps keep their threat level down i think mm-hmm. and i have picked up on that and even this like choosing jake and then choosing austin obviously is a little bit more suspicious maybe but just the logical choices, I guess. Yeah, the girls. Not- really, oh, sorry, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, they haven't really uh, been going on the rewards uh, in that regard, and uh, yeah, that goes back to you know I think it's very interesting that Drew goes to pick Jake maybe as a way to try to make amends or to try to move forward uh, and, and uh, to overshadow the argument that they had and how that just uh, really clashed between them and. Mm-hmm. Something else that I just thought was pretty interesting about like the girls night is Emily's confessional when she's talking about, well, there's not really that much that's very interesting for the girls to talk about because uh, Julie's coming after me and I'm coming after Julie and uh, I don't mm-hmm. want to tell D that and don't want to really raise suspicions so or they're talking about their buffs like though this was made in Spain. <laughs> made in Spain. That's a huge revelation. Oh, my God. Made in Spain. 
<laughs> yeah, I never heard that uh, before ever, like in the entirety of uh, Survivor, where the bus were made in. Yeah, I mean, we get a bit of like, uh, that's what I love about the 90 minutes. They have room for meta aspects like that. Uh, Katora saying, why do we have to, why can't we vote someone out of Final Four? The buffs are made in Spain. Oh, love it. I honestly, those are some of my favorite moments. All um, right, Joel, what more do you have here? Um, uh, so uh, I'd skip to Final Tribal if I had the choice. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we need to talk about because uh, I say Drew's feeling uneasy about the burger. Austin's feeling uneasy for a different reason. There's a Julie yes. plan coming together, a Julie blind side coming together. And this man is torn up inside about whether he should tell. <laughs> Pardon me. Whether he should tell D. Yeah, he doesn't really care about blindsiding Julie as much as he cares about not having D in on it because that's his most important person. Um, so he needs to, uh, he felt the need to tell her. Huge blunder in gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and there's, th- there's this moment. But D First, would probably never he's... forgive him in real life. So that's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's uh, two, two moments of the show that I absolutely loved. Is at the end of this this uh, confessional of uh, Austin talking about um, whether he should tell D. He has this little like vulnerable look that he gives to the camera. Like the listeners aren't going to see it, but he's like, "But I really, I, I'm wondering if I should tell D or not. I'm so torn up about it." And then he just looks at the camera like, hmm. <laughs> like he just pouts at the camera. It's so it's it's cute, but it's like, oh my god, dude. You're down bad. And then uh, he's talking to, uh, to D. This is my favorite moment of the episode. And uh, you, you can see him trembling. You can see him wondering if he's going to tell her or not. He says, I think there's a strong movement against her. And D says, against Emily? Against Julie. No. Commercial break. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jason Voorhees waiting in the forest. Yeah, um, I, I definitely like that. Frustrated me, and you know, we already did uh, address it. That it's essentially was really highlighting that Austin is putting uh, his emotions and this uh, relationship with D in front of uh, his own game, which I think is definitely quite the. Um, a risk or at least investment from Austin in terms of whether or not this relationship is even going to like uh, turn into much, uh, even like saying outside of like an intimate relationship, even if they're a friendship or even if they're just going to stay in contact. Uh, I definitely think that he's putting a lot of eggs in that basket. Uh, I'd like to think, you know, Austin thinking about like his own family, for example, or just uh, about his own lifestyle, uh, even the way that Dee's talking about like, Oh, uh, me, I have, Julie has my family in her hands and all of that, you know, and so mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to think that Austin wouldn't have done that uh, emotional, uh, uh, that emotional move. And it even goes back to something that Emily was saying back on the journey when Emily's saying, oh, like, I've really grown as a player and I used to be very, like, direct and aggressive and uh, that I didn't have to change myself for this game. But now it is like I'm starting to pick up more that it's an emotional game. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I also do think that there is, like, too much emotion. And uh, I think that that's just where we just saw one of those situations where, like, they're not making that... uh, Austin's not making that strategic move and he just again just made a blunder that just took the game out of his own control when he had it and he knew it too 
So uh, I think that's what really frustrated me. And what surprises me is that how they he does not think that D's going to tell Julie. And in my head, of course, D tells Julie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like I know D more than Austin knows D, you know, like, like, it's like, I, I just see him telling D as a, the ultimate blunder on his part if he wants Julie out because Julie has an idol and D's going to tell Julie, you know, like, that's just what I see happening. And that's just not computing in his brain at all. Mm hmm. Um, uh, but then we see, yeah, we, like, we've talked about, uh, um, like, uh, Julie scrambling, trying to get the people on the bottom to vote for us and all this stuff that raising alarm bells and other people. But then the main thing is D going to, to Julian being like, this is what's going to happen. You're going to play your idol and you're going to vote for Emily. Obviously Julie's having some doubts, but like you said, um, Tim, that maybe, Maybe D, the way D sells it as Julie has my family's, uh, the future of my Mm -hmm. family in her Mm -hmm. decision. Maybe that's the way D like brings people in. She says stuff like that to them. And like Austin, it makes Austin want her to win over him. It makes Julie want her to play for D's interests over her own interests. You know what I mean? Maybe that's mm-hmm. the way she plays. Yeah. That, that could be some of the ways that she is trying to uh, further make her case so that then these are the people who get more invested in her and uh, less invested in themselves. Like, and I mean, we've been talking uh, quite a bit about 90 minutes and uh, I haven't really said too much about that, but I did want to chime in that. Yeah, I really do appreciate the 90 minute episodes. I think that they're mm-hmm. uh, fantastic. I think that it really got to a point in survivor where it was really like, bang, 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 like back mm-hmm. to back to back to back. It's like, especially if there is a reward and an immunity challenge, it's like a little bit of camp segment, then bang, reward, mm-hmm. then a reward segment, and then bang, immune. And this is, it just feels so like packed. And especially, um, I've talked to uh, Cody a little bit about this just uh, off uh, camera, but I've seen some other uh, episodes of Survivor, particularly like an Australian Survivor, and those episodes are so they're like a movie. Each one, and mm-hmm. my point is, is that like, yeah, there's just so much more that we do get out of it that I do appreciate. But even then, ninety minutes is still like like thirty minutes does make quite a difference, but ninety minutes is still a fraction of what you see, you know, on mm-hmm. the island there. So there's only so much. And when we're talking, going back to your point about the way that D may interact with some of these people, there's only so much that we're still even going to see, and. Yeah, that could be the case, uh, and maybe that does help the advance and get her. Way. I, th- I think the editors make a conscious choice of not putting in that sort of like using real life stuff to make strategy go forward mm-hmm. as much because it's it, it 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 puts a sour taste in some people's mouths. But I remember after Winners of War, people talking about Sarah Lucina. Um, really using the family visit as a way to not get it voted out before the family visit. Her saying stuff like, "If you vote me out before my kid comes, you'll never get my vote." She like exit and exit press people were talking a lot about how Sarah would use that as leverage and like really uh, use personal stuff a lot in the game. Right. And and you were also talking last week a little bit about it too, about like uh, whether or not that was something that you to uh enjoyed or advocated for like people using uh their personal stories and them talking about that in the strategy as well i do remember that too it i mean 
it's obviously something that happens out there, but uh, I can see why the editors wouldn't want to put too personal stuff strategic wise into it because it, it kind of takes away from the gameplay a, a bit. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not really how they like to sell the game. Um, but yeah, like the way that last week we were sort of speculating how, uh, Katora's letter from her mom maybe affected like like affected her mental state going into that challenge and th- and like that like that sort of stuff is like tough to watch okay. from our perspective yeah. especially as people who like to talk about the game have a podcast about it you know like it's like it, it sometimes feels wrong and talking about someone's personal uh, w- w- I mean the way that leads to a panic attack and all this stuff like or if if D is is talking about her family and stuff and like you know it, it, it it's it's tough to talk about you know what I mean like it, yeah we're not really necessarily involved in those situations and almost kind of feels like uh, who are we to talk about what gives us kind of like the uh, authority or the right even though like they are kind of broadcasting it but at the same time like I've never really been someone who's like of the position that if someone's putting themselves out there, then, you know, like if you're going to go on reality TV, then we have uh, as an audience, the full rights to like kind of uh, fully like criticize you and come after you and to uh, disrespect you or to like uh, talk about you, whichever way that we want that your public property. I've never really been someone who's like someone kind of like loses their humanity because they go and expose themselves like on a television show. So mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate that in terms of like something that you were saying, even like last week that, Oh, Katura is now was uh, showing up with like this uh, panic attack and the uh, the letter uh, from the mom, which may have affected her in the challenge. And then it's like, oh, now everybody's podcast is like talking about it as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Some of those, uh, I do think that that is interesting conversation. So yeah, you know, we're not really involved in uh, in in those situations. So uh, yeah, it does feel like we're imposing in a way. Mm. Cody, I don't even know how we fucking got here. this is interesting conversation yeah yeah. well yeah it it all came back from uh from d like using the whole uh yeah like oh uh julie has my family's game in her hands and then that Mm -hmm. goes into like the personal yeah i mean we hear about people's families all that they they we know that they know about each other's family lives and everything like that and they know they talk about their family situations with each other we never get that um those conversations but we know that like oh like we'll we'll get it come up every once in a while where it's like oh i know that like uh julie really misses her kids or whatever so mm-hmm. i'm gonna take her on this reward like we mm-hmm. get that in like small doses but i i don't think it really like uh it matters it it's it just kind of depends like for i guess a person like austin just like doesn't like you how you value money i guess and like mm-hmm. how it doesn't come up as much anymore, you know, like people uh, like it doesn't come, like in the early seasons, it was it was very much about who deserves the money, who's going to use the money the most. Mm-hmm. Like people don't speak about that as much. Yeah, like, people just give away the money these days, Gabler. No, well, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's oh, that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. who gives a shit? Oh, come on. Um, I uh, want the best person to win. I don't give a shit about what their family life is. Be good at the game. Mm, okay. You know who wasn't good at the game? Emily. She got out this week. 
<laughs> but yeah, the, the whole idea, but like, yeah, what are they going to do with the money and what have you? Uh, yeah. And then there's like these like social hierarchies about uh, what is like, you know, considered to be more important, whether or not someone's like, oh, like I'm doing this for my kids or my family or what have you, you know, personally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do have somewhat of a uh, bias, of course, like in my own like situation per se, like I don't have like kids or what have you, you know, in that mm-hmm. regard. So uh, I'm not necessarily going to discount someone who may just want to use the money to go on a trip and engage in, you know, whatever it may be, go gambling, you know, or what have you, you know, with the money. Uh, I, I do want to focus on the game uh, in and of itself personally. But well, I I think like I don't. If I was on the island, that's what they do with the monies is going to be the last of my concerns. Like, I'm just thinking, like, who played the best game? If you're like, if I don't have this money, this million dollars, I'm going to die and be homeless. And I'll be like, well, you should have got to know me better and played yeah. a better social game. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I think uh, uh, have uh, studied the, the puzzles. Most of most of the people in the jury right now. Other than I think Bruce and Julie are childless, and uh, you see in like All Star seasons, uh, because a lot of the people are older and have kids and stuff, the the people they end up giving the money to are very often the the, the people with families, the people with the the better personal story. Um, but I also think that they use they don't necessarily do that for the family, but you're also using it to like. Hey, this is my life. Like, get to know me and stuff like that. And yeah. like, you're asking them questions too, and it's relationship building. But I don't know what. What more do we have here? Let's, well, let's move the, on. The tribal council, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Well, I, I think the the interesting, very interesting thing about uh, you're bringing a family visit into a family visit list uh, series now, buddy. We're having interesting conversations, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I definitely think it's also uh, pretty worthwhile to just talk about some of these different dynamics. What you said about mm-hmm. Sarah Lucina and the mm-hmm. family, uh, how she was using that. I mean, I think I might have caught wind of that, but I think that's pretty interesting. And uh, the last uh, part that I'd really have to say about kind of squeezing in family visit topic uh, is, yeah, like with, if someone wins the family visit and who do they give that to? And it's like, there's also mm-hmm. these social hierarchies in terms of, you know, what is uh, considered by the society to be a more important relationship, like the relationship with your kids or the brother and sister, or you have like the parent and what have you. And then mm-hmm. it's like, if you don't adhere to that, or if you, if you go against uh, what may be considered to be uh, the consensus in the society, then someone can uh, think lesser of you in the game. And that can affect your chances. Cause like, uh, they're like, Oh, the generally, generally society considers like the kids to be more important than a brother brother and sister and so right. it's like yeah you're just lower on that totem pole in terms of the yeah. uh the, the family visit yeah i I'm, I'm not saying this isn't interesting i'm just saying hour and 20 minute mark is when grumpy cody comes out every time <laughs> <laughs> okay so like i would say the most interesting part about the tribal council is the voting confessionals we see way way more than we usually do because we usually don't get any of them which yeah. gave away what was going to happen. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Definitely. Julie's playing this. <laughs> well, we knew that we knew that Julie yeah. was going to play her idol. It was the the guessing game was whether she was going to vote for Emily or Austin. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. but my it, favorite was my favorite was Katora saying, "If this doesn't work, I blame Austin and his big mouth." 
yeah. emotional, like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. heart, or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even when Emily's saying, like, you know, if you make it uh, to the jury, I would vote for you. That's a problem. So, yeah. yeah. Buddy, is that, was that your, your winner pick confessional there? I, well, we had a few winner pick confessionals. We had the one of Emily saying, like, it's her versus Julie at this point. And then we had that one too. And Emily kind of, was who we're being told would have won this game if she was there and she's telling us Julie. So I don't know. I think that that was uh, pretty interesting. I think Julie's my winner pick. And since this was my finale, that winner pick stays and will not change. Even if Julie gets out before the real finale. So, <laughs> um, uh, I, so I guess for some context, Cody, you're not going to be able to pod the next two weeks. Yeah, I'm uh, going away for uh, some filming, and uh, then the holidays come up. So yeah. mm-hmm. I'm I'm out of here. I'm Gonzo, baby. So talk I'm on about, my own. Talk about families all you want, you two. I won't <laughs> fucking be here. <laughs> uh, so let's get into it. Uh, your predictions for next week. Uh, predictions for next week. I'm going to say that... Oh, we also get the next time on where uh, Drew and uh, Julie are in a rivalry and uh, Drew is throwing the rice pot like he's Captain America and throwing a shield. Uh, so I'm excited actually, about the, that. The rice pot lid is made of vibranium. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, I guess it is. They make it out of vibranium. I like that. I really like that reference. But yeah, sorry. It was your... Prediction. Yeah. I I think that we're gonna see uh, Drew leave Tribal Council. Austin's gonna be on the side of uh, Julian D, and I think we're gonna see probably. Um, I'm gonna say like Jake or Katura go home. Probably Katura next week is gonna be my prediction. Do really? do we know yeah. uh, just when's the last time that the um, safety without power advantage uh, can be used? Do we know? Probably final six. Six. Yeah. yeah. That sounds I, w- right. I would say that this is, yeah, this is probably the last time he can use it. So he's probably just going to leave. Yeah. Especially if he's already in a rivalry with Julie and his name's getting tossed around. He just leaves. And, and also like if he doesn't use it, then he doesn't really, it makes less of a spectacle to the jury. Like I think Austin would use his idol uh, to like, to show like, yeah, I had the idol. Drew leaves and then. Yeah, go from there. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the if Drew's leaving, then Austin's going to be like, okay, the numbers are with Dee and Julie at this point. Then I'm going to stick with them. I can play my idol unless no, I I don't see D. Uh, I don't see uh, D turning on Austin either. So I think that's just the deal. I think it's either Katura or Jake going home next week. Interesting. And I'm gonna say uh, Katura because she's been a little more outspoken about wanting D and Julie gone at this point. So I can see her being the one to go. Okay. Tim, what's your prediction? Uh, Yeah. So yeah, I I do think that Austin would play the idol. I do think that Drew would leave just to be able to get some of those advantages out there, make that uh, spectacle in front of the jury. I do like the concept that there's this uh, Julie and Drew being at war. Um, I would think that, I still think that there's a target on Julie. I still think that people would rather not go to the end with her. So I do, I, I would be, you know, if I had to put my two cents in, would say that Julie would be the one that would go. Uh, there's still between Jake and Katura and even like Austin per se, like Julie doesn't really have much of anywhere else to go. It would be really down to, you know, would Austin vote 
against like D or not in the same direction as D. You know, mm-hmm. I can see Austin saying, this is what I'm going to do, being upfront about it. I don't know necessarily if he'd be willing to vote in the opposite direction or maybe he just does that anyways and and then Julie goes. But I do think like at this point, it'd be best off for him to finish the plate. Like you've already gotten this uh, this sentiment out there. So I would say Julie would be the one to go just to try to wrap that up. I think so too. I think uh, I honestly, Cody, I do not see Katora or Jake going home at all. All right. I don't, I think it's, it's Julie or D next week, Julie, D or Drew or Austin, (laughs) but uh, I'm, I'm saying Julie, I think she's going the way of uh, Caleb, like saving himself one week and then going out the next week. Um, I'm, yeah, uh, I just, I just, I, I, I see uh, Jake and Katura making it all the way to the end at this point. So you're saying Julie? Oh wow! I'm saying Julie. Yeah, you're saying Julie. I'm saying Julie. But sorry, you, you think Jake and Katura are like final three? Yeah. Wow. I, I, I just, I don't I, think, I, I think them, they, they're seen as goats now. I, I don't, I don't think the Reba four is going to. I think it. the only way that happens is if it's Drew. If it's Drew and them, I can't see D and them or yeah. Austin and them. I don't think both of them are going to get there. I do think one of them will, but I don't think both Drew and Katura. Okay. But yeah, Jake whatever. and Katura, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, Jake and Katura, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, uh, so now we go to week. Pop of the Week. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to say that this is tough because it could go to, to me, it could go to anyone but Jake or Drew this episode. Mm-hmm. I think not that they they had their moments too, but I don't think you could justify pop of the week. I think you could justify pop of the week for anybody else. Uh, I'm going to go Katura myself because I found her personally the most interesting. And I thought that her moment stuck with me the most after, even though uh, towards the last vote, there wasn't that much there other than her voting confessional. I thought was good too about Austin. Yeah. Tin. Uh, just to uh, make sure them clear, like pop of the week is more so like who stand out or who like yeah. played like the okay standing out. Mm. Uh, I like the idea with like uh, Katura. I do like that. I also, I also do think that Austin really had like a, just a really big moment, uh, and arguably Drew like starting to really make uh, some of these moves. I I think I would say with Austin because I, I I appreciate Katura's story, but just I do think like Austin's the way that he interacted and went about like telling D really had like a lot of an impact on the game really affected like mm-hmm. uh, the direction that this is all going in. So that would be my pop of the week that Austin with his uh, putting his emotions over mm-hmm. the game and that being defined in this episode. I'm going to say Julie this week. Yeah, I I can justify that too. I think this was a good Julie episode. I think this could be a Julie's a winner episode, but it could also be Julie's out next week episode. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll see uh, who was right at the end of the day. Uh, Tin Man, where can they all follow you? Yeah, well, uh, you know, Instagram uh, certainly is uh, one place. Uh, the T H A underscore Tin Man underscore. I did T H A so that it's uh, I could actually get that one in instead of T H D E. Yeah, there's also uh, Twitter uh, the underscore Tin underscore Man. Uh, so that's a, f- a couple of places uh, that you can follow me. And uh, just thank you very much for once again having the uh, opportunity to join you all uh, on the podcast. I definitely. 
and I've talked to you about this off screen as well, Cody, like finding it quite uh, difficult to find like a survivor community or just like other people that are quite interested uh, in the show. So I do appreciate the opportunity to be able to have those conversations that I just am not really necessarily able to have with as many people. Welcome to the merge um, boot community, baby. Yeah. I'm glad you're on, man. This was, you were a great guest. Um, and as always, I'm going to plug my stand-up comedy album, I'm the Greatest, on Spotify, Bandcamp, and all, all your streaming platforms. And uh, Cody, we'll, we'll, we'll have you on after the holidays. We'll discuss the season as a whole, but it's been a pleasure podcasting with you this season. Oh, but Joel, I'm glad that uh, we had such a peaceful last episode, other than my uh, grumpiness towards the end. <laughs> the family uh, and the uh, the 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 real life factor is affecting survivor. Yeah. We, we Cody, Cody just doesn't give a shit either way. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> this was a good finale for me. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you for listening and uh, follow us all on social media. You can find uh, all our social medias on um, the, the listener notes. Um, let me just check that we don't have any messages from uh, or f- Comments from fans here. I don't think we do. But uh, anyway, th- you can reach out to us um, uh, on the social medias and leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And thank you for listening. And goodbye, everyone. See you next week. Deuces. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 